This episode may be supported by advertising depending on your location. Just yesterday, uh, one local newspaper uh, confused cannabis and amphetamine. This is the voice of Dr. Yuji Matsutaka, a neurologist and the executive director of Green Zone Japan, a nonprofit that campaigns for the legalization of medical cannabis in Japan. And they wrote an article a policeman arrested a man charged of having cannabis, and he had a small package with white powder. Masataka believes that the general public's lack of awareness of the medical potential of cannabis is a major obstacle to it being legalized here for medical purposes, despite studies around the world showing its potential to relieve some of the worst symptoms of illnesses such as cancer. Cannabis is not <laughs> white powder. Clearly, yeah. Never. But, but that's newspaper said that. Wow. Not only one writer, writer, caps, editorial team, everybody wrote article, then they publish it. That's and here, so... drug education here in Japan. And Dr. Masataka might be right. According to a 2018 survey by the National Center of Neurology and Psychiatry, just 1.4% of the Japanese public are estimated to have used marijuana. And the conversation around medical marijuana here is almost non-existent. Here in Japan, even doctors can't differentiate cannabis from amphetamines. But, says Japan Times contributor Dan Bayanovsky, there is something that might be starting a shift in that conversation, and that is cannabidiol, most commonly known as CBD, a legal extract of the cannabis plant that has started to appear in various forms around Japan. From the Japan Times, I'm Oscar Boyd, and on today's episode of Deep Dive, we look at Japan's growing CBD industry and whether it might offer a path towards the legalization of medical marijuana. Dan Bayanovsky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Oscar. Great to be here. You've just put out a fantastic article all about CBD and the growth of its use in Japan. And we'll get into that in a moment. But what first got you interested in CBD? Well, initially it was an assignment from Claire uh, Williamson, who is my sometimes editor at the Japan Times. And I think like she put it in an Instagram post, she basically just asked me the question, what's up with CBD right now? <laughs> And from there, I kind of started to do a deep dive and I started to read a lot of things. She pointed me in a few directions of, you know, there's this new store opening and things like this. And then it came back to just my understanding and exposure to cannabis over the last 20 years. Coming from hip hop journalism, cannabis was always very present in one way or another. Um, in my first few months here, a friend of mine put me onto a few Japanese rap groups that had been kind of releasing these videos that showed themselves smoking weed, and that was interesting to me. I was familiar with it, but I was curious about the understanding of CBD here, especially knowing um, in a lot of conversations I've had since moving to Japan that people don't like to talk about cannabis. There's kind of a, a secrecy and a hushed um, hushed perspective on it. So I figured, okay, well, how is CBD going to sort of change that narrative, if, if it will? Nice. Um, and I'll link a couple of those hip-hop videos that you sent me in the show notes in case you're interested in listening. Before we go any further into your exploration into CBD here. Let's cover some of the basics. So what is CBD and where does it come from? Yeah, so CBD 
also known as cannabidiol. It's a extract that comes from the hemp plant. So when people talk about cannabis, you know, they talk about uh, the sativa plant, which produces THC, which is a psychoactive ingredient. Um, and I think that's what most people associate with cannabis. They think about getting high, they think about some disassociation, and that's THC. CBD, by contrast, comes from the hemp plant, which for a plant under the cannabis umbrella to be considered a hemp plant, it would have to have less than 0.3% THC. So CBD, unlike THC, does not have psychoactive elements and it doesn't have that same effect of getting you high. This is all a bit of a maze of different plant varieties. So just to confirm, both hemp and marijuana are varieties of the cannabis plant, but hemp has a THC content of less than 0.3%, which means its extracts don't have psychoactive properties. Yeah. And because CBD from hemp doesn't contain THC and it doesn't get you high, what's its legal status in Japan? Uh, Well, it seems to be legal here. (laughs) And I think, you know, CBD is really interesting because in the States, as the cannabis market has taken off over the last maybe five to 10 years, and people have talked about whether um, it's legal first medically and then recreationally, you know, the CBD market kind of took off. And there was a lot of people that were asking, you know, similar questions to what I asked in the article is like, is this legal? Is Am I going to get arrested if I get caught with this? And by and large, you know, it was able to infiltrate certain markets um, as this kind of legal extract. And then the public consciousness caught up with it. Mm. And so I think that's what's happening here in Japan is that, you know, there's a coffee shop, which we'll talk about. There's a health store in Harajuku and Haneda Airport, um, a variety of businesses that are selling CBD. And I think the public is looking at it like, wait, that's a drug. But actually it's not. And and it's that work that's being done now to sort of normalize it. Mm, so what form does CBD actually come in and how are people using it? Yeah, so, I mean, it comes in a variety of forms. I think uh, the most common is this kind of dropper, um, which I took a few photos of. And then, it, you know, it can be in balms. It could be in sort of um, an edible form as well. It could be as like a, a muscle massage oil. It could be a bath salt. It could be all different types of things. But I think generally people um, talk about the anti-inflammatory effects that it has you know people talk about the relaxation effects that it has people point to being able to sleep better or their skin clearing up or generally just feeling less afraid of the world Mm. in this year (laughs) which is a useful thing to have now yes for sure I actually read while I was looking up, um, after reading your article and looking a bit more into CBD and how it's used, that um, Akie Abe, who's mm. Prime Minister, former Prime Minister Abe's wife, mm. um, actually once bought some CBD for Prime Minister Abe to help with his ulcerative colitis, which is interesting. the disease that made him leave office. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. And I think for her to even, I don't know if she came out publicly and said this or if it was just acknowledged by her, but I think people in those positions to embrace CBD and to talk about it and to sort of say like, well, I tried it as well. I think that does a lot to normalize it. And and you're seeing in the States now, I mean, I mentioned Martha Stewart posing for the New York Times talking about CBD and how amazing it is. This is like a 70-year-old woman that represents sort of like wholesomeness and, you know, Kmart aesthetics, but she's out here saying CBD is helping me. And I think 
now you're seeing more and more athletes embrace it and you're seeing sort of these figures in the public eye say this is a good thing. Outside of the Abe family, then who's using CBD in Japan and who's selling it? Yeah, so uh, I kind of focused on a few places. The first was called CBD Coffee. Um, that's in Meguro. Ironically, hopefully, I don't get in trouble for saying this, but the coffee was very mediocre, but the experience <laughs> was great. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, there's just really good coffee elsewhere in Tokyo. <laughs> Um, and so this is a place that's, you know, right on the corner outside this train station and it just looks like super clean and pristine and well-designed and sort of like open format, um, big windows and just looks really inviting. And then you go in and there's, you know, a little counter of, like I said, these droppers and these, uh, gummies and these kind of cartridges and different forms of CBD. And then you could get beverages from coffee to, uh, a shake to a smoothie that they'll drop CBD into. Um, so that was one. And they opened over the summer. Um, they've been getting a lot of press in the last few months. And now they're opening, I think, a second location before the end of the year. So they're obviously doing quite well for themselves. How are they interacting with their customers and explaining what CBD is to people who might not have tried it before? Yeah, so I, I think they're talking about this kind of wellness aspect. And they're kind of talking about if you've been holed up in your home and you've been teleworking and you haven't really been able to talk about some of the things that are bothering you, A, this is a place that you can come and just talk about that stuff. And I think that's like a huge part of their selling point is, is they kind of have a scheduling system where you can come in and just have a consultation and just tell someone about your anxieties. You know, they're acting sort of as therapists to people. But then on top of that, they're telling people like, this is what CBD is. This is where it comes from. It is legal. So don't worry. Um, and, and here's what it can do. And, you know, this brand is, specializes in this and this product is better for this. And they kind of walk people through it. Um, and so you see that, you know, people walk up and they'll engage and they'll ask questions and they'll get a drink and maybe kind of talk to their friends about it and then go back and say, actually, I want to buy, you know, more of this or, you know, it goes from there. And did you feel anything when you had a CBD infused coffee there? So I'll be honest, the irony of this entire journey and, and article is that I've tried CBD between the States and in Japan. I've tried CBD maybe a dozen times. Um, I've never felt any of the effects from it. I Maybe my muscles were anti-inflamed. I don't know. Maybe, but you're, maybe you're too <laughs> relaxed already. Maybe I'm too relaxed already. Maybe I'm just, you know, fine. No, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Personally, I, I haven't. But I've talked to a lot of people that um, that swear by it. Even people, since the story came out, uh, have gone to the CBD coffee, coffee shop and gotten product there and then wrote to me about it and said, hey, like I'm sleeping better. Well, that's nice to hear. Um, another person you interviewed for your piece was a former Miss World Japan, Priyanka Yoshikawa, mm -hmm. who f founded a skincare company called Mukumi. How is she using CBD in her products? Yeah, she was interesting because she is a very inspired, um, driven individual who's just, I think, 25 years old. And she was telling me that it was always my dream to start my own company by the time I'm 25. So that alone, she was like, I'm going to do something. And then she was saying that she had been introduced to CBD while she was on a modeling shoot. She had been having trouble sleeping. She had used 
um, like steroid creams for her skin issues throughout her life. And she basically was resigned to the fact that she was always going to sleep poorly and her skin was always going to be the way it was. And then someone told her, why don't you try CBD? And she did. And you know, now she doesn't have to use those creams. She can sleep better. She sleeps more deeply, according to her. And so when she started uh, this company, her first product line is all sort of CBD infused balms and toners and, you know, the whole skincare regimen that I'm not that familiar with. Um, but she <laughs> she kind of has put um, a lot of time and effort and money and, and attention into CBD and, and she really believes in it. I'd like to broaden this conversation out to the wider Japanese view towards cannabis because no matter how much you might try to distinguish CBD is something that doesn't get you high, that association is going to be made with cannabis. Um, It's from that plant. So Japan has incredibly strict laws towards marijuana. Possession can get you five years in jail and growing can get you up to seven years in jail. So how are the people you spoke to finding operating in this space that is so closely associated with something that is incredibly illegal. Yeah. I mean, I'll start by saying that in my first month in Japan, uh, I was spending time with someone and the issue just came up. The issue of cannabis came up and he mentioned to me that, you know, if someone gets caught with cannabis in their house, they're going to lose their uh, home. They're going to lose their partner, they're going to lose their child, they're going to lose their job, and they're going to lose their position and status in the world, essentially. (laughs) Basically saying... And and how did you react to that? I reacted with really wide eyes because it seemed really crazy to me. It just seemed like something that, um, you know, cannabis, in my view, is not um, a dangerous or, you know, any of these things kinds of substance. And so just the the mere possession of it for it to be reacted to in that way was really shocking for me, especially coming from the States where the conversation is changing. So that was my initial understanding of, of the view of cannabis here. And then from there, I think a lot of people I've talked to um, in my time here, there's kind of this, uh, this kind of hushed view and, and people don't want to talk about it in public. And it's kind of like, let's leave that topic alone. And Mm -hmm. so to bring it to these companies that are operating in the space or relatively close to the space, it just comes back to education. At CBD Coffee, they had someone in the area who was going around putting up flyers saying, you know, this is like a drug peddling operation, essentially. Wow. (laughs) Uh, Or they're doing illicit, illegal things, you know. And for someone like Priyanka, she she has a website where she has to put up an FAQ. And I've come to understand that FAQs are kind of essential for Japanese businesses. (laughs) But, uh, you know, there are obvious questions of, is this legal? Am I going to get in trouble? CBD towa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think there are, it just comes back to to an education uh, and exposure and uh, a dialogue about it. And people have to be willing to have a dialogue about mm. it. But because of the stigma surrounding cannabis and marijuana, I imagine discussing something like CBD or going a step further and discussing, for example, its potential medical uses and whether medical marijuana should be legalized in Japan is a very hard conversation to have. Yeah, I mean, uh, Yuji Masataka from Green Zone Japan, he's a doctor. Um, he works at a hospital and he did a TED Talk, I think, this earlier this year. And he's kind of a, a vocal proponent of medical marijuana on Twitter. 
And he mentioned to me that after one of his talks or tweets, someone called his hospital and said, like, this is the kind of guy you have working for you. Is, is this okay with you? And so this is someone that is helping people every single day, you know, by what he does. But by virtue of his opinions about this thing that, again, could also help people, uh, he's being looked at as uh, someone that's perpetuating a, a bad thing. Yeah, an accessory to criminality or to the pure evil that marijuana clearly is. So where does Japan's current view of cannabis come from? Yeah, so from my understanding, um, it comes from the 1948 uh, Cannabis Control Act. So that was, um, you know, enacted by essentially the U.S. during the occupation after the Second World War. And this reflected the uh, American view of cannabis at the time, that this was a very bad thing. And so any use of it was essentially outlawed. And so... This many years later, I guess it's 72 years later, uh, this law is still in play. Well, it's very interesting that it's essentially this 1948 Cannabis Control Act comes from the US and now yeah. the US is in the position where a lot of its laws surrounding cannabis yeah. are actually changing, at least at a state level. That was one of the more paradoxical things of, of this story and, and the research and conversation about it is that in the last maybe 20 years, the, the conversation around cannabis has totally shifted, you know, from states allowing uh, medical cannabis for different uses from cancer to glaucoma to pain management uh, to now recreational cannabis, where in certain states you could just walk down the street smoking a joint. And so that understanding is totally shifted. But, you know, like I said, this many years later in Japan, it's still operating from a pre-cannabis arrival mentality. Correct me if I'm wrong, though, Japan does actually have a really long history with the cannabis plant, at least the hemp variety of it, hence why America would actually bother even imposing those laws on Japan. If it didn't exist as an industry, then then why ban it at all? Yeah, so one person I spoke with um, said that Japan had been growing hemp for 10,000 years. <laughs> and that's just like, that just deserves a moment of silence because that just shows you how ingrained, I mean, back to indigenous populations, you know, this is something that's native to here and something that has been just historically intertwined with the society and with the geography of this mm. place. It's more known uses are in kind of Shintoism and, and Buddhism in uh, ropes and ceremonial garb and clothing and, and different things. And so it's, like I said, it's, it's entwined in Japanese history. And so to look at it more recently for it to be kind of rejected and frowned upon is there's just a weird disconnect that mm. uh, I still am working to understand. I suppose there's been a complete conflation of marijuana with hemp and not that many people are thinking about the uses of the cannabis plant beyond producing marijuana and you know, the psychoactive THC part of that. There is a small handful of hemp farmers left in Japan though. How many are we looking at today? Uh, so hemp still is grown in Japan. Um, according to one of my sources, uh, Naoko Miki, she wrote that in 1954, there were over 37,000 hemp farmers in Japan. Um, but in 2016, there were only 37. I'm not that great at math, but an enormous <laughs> decline. And, you know, there's a few handfuls of people that are still growing hemp and, and clearly it's not being used um, in a mass scale. 
So of the people you spoke to, are any of them actually sourcing their CBD within Japan? Well, so at uh, CBD Coffee, they use this company called HThink, which is based in Japan. Um, but from my understanding, they're using CBD from Kentucky. And so they're bringing in that CBD and then they're creating products, whether it be, like I said, the drops or the bombs or whatever. Which suggests to me there is potential for more of it to be grown locally, especially if CBD and its products continue to prove popular. I actually remember another article, I think it was in the Wall Street Journal, in which Akie Abe, who's clearly Japan's number one hemp fan, was promoting the revival of the industry and suggested that she might even one day become a hemp farmer after learning about the plant's history in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then there's another argument that suggests reviving the hemp industry could actually be a way to help revitalize some of Japan's struggling rural communities. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it that way, I think it's undeniable that um, kind of mass hemp growth could be a revitalization of uh, the agriculture industry. You know, I think there's a huge opportunity for uh, for new jobs when it comes to hemp growth. And I think in this economy, I mean, really, I can't imagine there's any country in the world right now that's looking at any potential new industry and being like, no thanks, that's not going to help. You know, the state of the world after this past year is we need to somehow bounce back. And in Japan, where, you know, the population is getting older and something everyone talks about, but also people are moving out of sort of these rural places, you know, one way to bring them back. And one of my sources talks about this as well. One way to sort of reignite this farming culture is to produce cannabis and hemp. Of the people and organizations you spoke to for your article are any of them actually advocating for an adjustment or relaxation of the cannabis control act yeah i think everyone is Uh, (laughs) i think everyone i spoke to um at the risk of you know the story being too one-sided i think was hoping for basically a, a renegotiation of this law you know and i think it comes from Uh, the legal understanding of cannabis to a societal one. And I think um, it would alleviate a lot of things. It would allow people to look at CBD as something that they can take legally. And then eventually, you know, I talked to Green Zone Japan, which they're an organization that is all about the the goal of medical cannabis being um, available to people in Japan. And so they talk about cancer patients. They talk about, you know, people with uh, severe psychological trauma, the physical trauma who could use medical cannabis with THC. Um, and that's kind of the end goal for them is that a continuous normalization of cannabis as a whole is going to eventually lead to the legalization of medical marijuana. Hmm. Elsewhere around the world, is that the path we've seen taken whereby CBD as an extract is often first used and there's a growing understanding around that and then once it's normalized a little bit stuff like medical marijuana becomes more of a possibility interestingly i didn't find evidence of that because i think cbd is such a new thing in the public consciousness that it's almost like um thc and medical marijuana has you know existed in this realm of Let's do research about it. Let's understand how it can help people in all these various ways. And then CBD has kind of had this rush in the last couple of years of people understanding, 
you know, one of my sources said, uh, a way to get high without getting high, you know? <laughs> and I think that's how people are looking at CBD now. But I think Japan is, is uniquely positioned where it's almost like a chipping away um, effect, where if CBD could be first, then maybe we can start to discuss this other thing and then maybe discuss the much um, broader issue of, of legalizing uh, cannabis in a recreational way. But these groups you spoke to, um, for your article, groups like Green Zone Japan, um, another one you spoke to was the Japanese Clinical Association of Cannabinoids. They're not actually pushing for the legalization of recreational marijuana right now, are they? No. Um, so they look at, you know, to bring it back to the states, they look at how that has happened there and how there are certain states that are going towards recreational. Um, but they're not pushing for that here. I think these are groups, especially Green Zone, that is medically minded. Yuji uh, Masataka, who's one of the co-founders, he's a doctor. He's um, someone that works in the hospital full-time, basically, when he's not um, working on Green Zone. And so what he is trying to do is basically open the minds of Japanese doctors to understand and even, like I said, discuss and, um, you know, have a dialogue about what cannabis is and how it can help people in a medical way. You know, I think something that they look at a lot is the, in 2016, there was a man named Masamitsu Yamamoto. He was a chef from Kanagawa and he had, um, liver issues. He was very ill and he was caught, um, well, he tried to get medical marijuana as sort of a, a treatment and uh, to kind of help him with some of the pain management, and he was unable to. And then he found some through means of his own, and he was caught with it, and he was on trial for um, possession of medical marijuana, hmm. or I guess in their eyes, just marijuana. And while he was on trial, in a very dramatic turn, he actually passed away sort of in the midst of it. And I think that just shined a light on this issue of this was someone that was on death's door and he was trying whatever he could to alleviate some of his pain and some of his struggle and some of the, the turmoil of having this illness. Um, and instead he was kind of caught in this legal predicament and the last day of his, days of his life were kind of defending himself against this thing that ostensibly helped him. Again, Naoko Miki, um, she mentioned that this has happened all over the world. And if there isn't access or if there isn't a dialogue about what medical marijuana can do for extreme cases or just cases that, that warrant the use of it, then people end up dying or just kind of suffering in a way that they don't necessarily have to. Do organizations like Green so in Japan, believes that they're making progress in advancing the conversation about legalizing medical marijuana here? I think so. I think to bring it sort of almost full circle is that the acceptance and the willingness to talk about CBD here. And, you know, this is something that, again, is kind of close to marijuana. It's of the same um, source plant in a way. So the willingness to, to talk about it and for um, Prime Minister Abe's wife to even discuss it, like you said, or people to actually go to these stores and whether they just have a consultation or they end up buying some product that they think is sort of the first domino towards eventually medical marijuana being understood and, and talked about more. 
Dan, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Dan Bayanovsky. His article is on the Japan Times website right now. It's a great read. Check it out. And the link is in the episode notes, along with all sorts of other interesting background reading on the subject. If you're as big a fan of this podcast as Akie Abe is of hemp, then give us a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you use. Or even better than that, share this podcast with a friend you think might like it, especially if they need distraction from a certain election. That's it for this week's episode of Deep Dive. Thank you as always for listening. And until next time, Podskare Summer. Summer.